Hello, and welcome to episode 9 of A Kilo of String, my podcast series about what life is really like in Greece, at least from the point of view of one British expat, me. As my regular listener, Mrs. Kafasoto, will know, I've had a bit of a break from podcasting for the past few weeks, so I could attend to some other stuff I'd been neglecting. In reality, this meant that I was able to devote all of my time to neglecting it. After all, why procrastinate today when... Actually, I think I'll leave that one till I can give it a bit more thought. I did say at the end of my last podcast that I'd be back about the end of September, so I'm only about a month late. Sorry about that, but in the time-honoured tradition of totally spurious schoolboy excuses, the dog ate my microphone. In fact, we have six dogs, so it may have been a joint effort rather than just the one. So, what's been happening in Greece and elsewhere over the past few weeks? First of all, I must give a quick mention to Britain's summer of sport, and particularly, of course, the Olympics and Paralympics. I wasn't in the UK myself, but I did watch quite a lot on the telly, and not just the women's beach volleyball, as my partner Penny seems to think. Incidentally, Horse Guards Parade made a great setting for the beach volleyball, women's and men's, and I can only imagine the gang of stewards who had to go round every morning shoveling up the horse muck from the sand before the games could get underway. As another aside, does anyone know why the sand doesn't stick to the players when they fall over? Do they use a special kind of sand, or do the players coat themselves in some sort of sand repellent? Answers on a postcard, please. As it turned out, the Brits did uncharacteristically well in the Olympics, but, as somebody pointed out, were most successful in sports that involved sitting down, the cycling, rowing and equestrian events. Even the long jump, in which Britain won gold, is all about somebody running very fast so they can sit down at the end of it. And they say the Greeks are lazy. The opening and closing ceremonies of both the Olympics and Paralympics were generally hailed as great successes, although inevitably there were a few dissenting voices. One such voice belonged to British Tory MP Aidan Burley, who tweeted during the Olympics opening ceremony that it was lefty multicultural crap. Mr Burley, who was sacked as a parliamentary private secretary in June for his involvement in a Nazi-themed stag party, apparently didn't get that the Olympics are supposed to be multicultural. At least all the sporty stuff gave the British media something to get their teeth into. Usually the summer in the UK is known as the silly season, not because of the rubbish weather, but because all the politicians go on holiday. And since there's not much politics to report, the newspapers and airwaves are full of stories about people seeing Jesus' face on a slice of toast or squirrels getting hooked on crack cocaine which had been hidden by drug dealers. In a sense, the political silly season in Greece lasts not just for the summer, but for the whole year round, but often with a seriously sinister edge. During the past couple of months, Greece's coalition government has been plotting even more ways to cut services, jobs, pensions and wages. This is to try and satisfy the Troika that it is worthy of receiving its third and final bailout loan from Europe. The Troika, 
for those who don't already know, is the unholy triumvirate of the EU, IMF and European Bank, which basically makes sure that if there's any suffering to be done, it'll be the Greek people and not their precious banks who'll be the victims. The latest news is that the government is close to reaching an agreement with the Troika, which is what they always say, so should hopefully get the cash before it runs out of money completely in the middle of November. We'll see. There have, of course, been some major protests about the proposed new austerity measures, and in one incident, doctors at the biggest state hospital in Athens made their objections clear by covering the front wall with blood. I dread to think what the sewage workers might do. Protesters were kept well away from Angela Merkel, however, when she recently paid a short visit to Greece in order to... Well, nobody's entirely sure why she came here. But the main talking point of the Greek media was her choice of clothing. Was it an accidental oversight or deliberate provocation that she wore exactly the same jacket as when she went to see Germany beat Greece 4-2 in Euro 2012 back in June? Hours of debate and rerun footage on that one, but not a lot about what she was doing here or what she actually said to anyone. One snippet of the cut and thrust of political negotiation we were treated to was when Merkel and Greek Prime Minister Adonis Samaras sat in comfy armchairs in his office so that the press could take endless dull photographs of Merkel and Samaras sitting in comfy armchairs. This is my office, says Samaras, gesturing at the interior of the room as if to reassure Merkel that he hadn't in fact brought her to an Algerian brothel or the International Space Station. As the political equivalent of a chat-up line, it ranked several places below, Do you come here often? Ah, it is a very nice office, says Merkel. To be fair, she hadn't been given a lot to work with. Then there's a bit of a pause before Samaras wittily counters with, Yes, it used to be Mr. Karamanlis's office. I see, says Merkel. And where is the cabinet office? Which seems to have been a thinly disguised way of saying, OK, Popeye, let's cut the comfy armchair crap and go somewhere private so I can give you the severe tongue lashing you so richly deserve. A rather more significant news item in Greece was the discovery, or perhaps non-discovery, of what has become known as the Lagarde List. This is a list of about 2,000 wealthy Greeks including a fair few politicians, who have stashed large sums of money away in Swiss bank accounts, allegedly to evade paying taxes on it. The list was given to the Greek government in 2010 by Christine Lagarde, the current head of the IMF who was then France's finance minister, to help Greece crack down on its endemic tax evasion. This being Greece, and given that the people on the list have friends in high places or are in high places themselves, nothing has been done to bring the tax evaders to justice or to recoup any of the unpaid taxes they owe. Indeed, the very existence of the list has only just come to light, with various politicians and civil servants denying that they'd ever seen it, and others saying that they'd seen it but then lost it. Something along the lines of, you seen that list, Dimitri? Uh, what list would that be, then? 
The one with the names of a load of Greeks with Swiss bank accounts on a CD, you know, the one the French bird gave us. What, the one with the white hair and the fake orange tango tan? That's the one, yeah. What's her name? Um, Fifi Lagarde? Christine Lagarde, yeah, I remember now. So what happened to the CD then? Oh, I don't know, mate. Got an idea the finance minister's using it as a bird scarer down on his allotment. Or something like that, anyway. The list having finally been located, the editor of an independent Greek magazine published the names in last week's edition and was immediately arrested for breaching privacy laws. Two years in which the government and its officials did absolutely nothing to investigate 2,000 potential tax evaders and about two hours to arrest the guy who dared to make their names public. Fortunately, some form of justice prevailed and Costas Vaxavanis the editor in question, was almost immediately acquitted when his case came to trial. On a more positive note, Greece has had some success in tackling tax evasion, however, as the driver of a bakery lorry was recently fined and stripped of his driving licence for transporting, wait for it, four cheese pies which didn't have the necessary receipts or other documentation. That's right. Forget all the fat cats and corrupt politicians with billions hidden away in Swiss bank accounts, but beware of Greeks bearing undocumented cheese pies. Beware or tell you they're not Nazis, while simultaneously giving Heil Hitler salutes and waving flags emblazoned with a symbol that looks remarkably like a swastika. Yes, the Creasy Avgi, or Golden Dawn Party, has been in the news fairly often in recent weeks, and none of it makes for comfortable reading. According to the latest opinion polls, the party's support has increased from about 7% at the last general election to about 14%. This is despite members of Golden Dawn continuing to beat up immigrants, smash up their market stalls, and generally behave like paramilitary fascist thugs. I decided to ask some of their followers why they supported Golden Dawn especially given that the Greek people suffered so badly at the hands of the Nazis during the Second World War. I should point out that the voices of people I interviewed have been disguised, partly to protect the guilty, but mainly because I can only do one Greek accent, and even that's not very good. First of all, I asked a middle-aged woman at a recent Golden Dawn rally why she was there. Well, it's certainly not what I expected. Oh, in what way? When I heard Golden Dawn, I thought it was some new kind of butter or something. You know, like low cholesterol, that kind of thing. I thought they'd be handing out free samples. No such luck, I'm afraid. Very disappointing. So does that mean you won't be voting for Golden Dawn when there's another election? Oh, I don't know. Golden Dawn? I mean, it's a nice name, isn't it? Even without the free gifts. Media reports during the past few weeks have alleged that as many as 50% of Greek police are Golden Dawn supporters, and even more disturbingly, that they frequently turn a blind eye to some of the more illegal activities of party members. I asked one of the officers on duty at the rally if he himself was among that number. Move along, please. So you're not going to answer my question. Where are you from? England. Uh, immigrant, then, eh? Well, since Britain is a member of the European Union, I let's see some papers then. I don't see why I should... Hang on, there's somebody being beaten up over there. 
Ah, you don't think I'm going to fall for that one, do you? Oldest trick in the book, that is. No, seriously, there's an Asian-looking bloke on the ground having a shit kicked out of him by half a dozen men in Golden Dawn t-shirts. Uh, hmm, can't see anything myself. It's ten feet in front of you. Nope, really must get that eye test. So then, about these papers of yours. Having managed to give him the slip, I came across one of Golden Dawn's 18 members of Parliament, and I asked him about his party's recent announcement that its members would forcibly remove any immigrants they found in Greek hospitals. It makes perfect sense. There is a shortage of hospital beds and Greek people should be given priority. But don't you think it's ironic that the only reason most of these immigrants are in hospital at all is because your people put them there? Excuse me? Gangs of your Golden Dawn thugs regularly beat up anyone who isn't Greek. Often so badly they need hospital treatment. Uh, this man bothering you, sir? Yes, officer, and what is more, I don't believe he has the appropriate immigration papers. I decided it was high time that I left, and making my way to the edge of the rally, I spotted a young man who was chanting anti-immigrant slogans along with the rest of the crowd. The strange thing was that he didn't look at all Greek, so I asked him where he was from. Me? I'm from Albania. But surely you're supporting the very people who want to kick you out of Greece. Yes, it does seem a bit odd, I agree, but I don't have much choice, see. The thing is, my boss is Greek, and he couldn't be bothered to come himself, so he paid me to come instead. And here's another bit of logic for you. Eleni Zarulia, a Golden Dawn MP and wife of the party's leader, was recently reprimanded by the Speaker in Parliament for saying that immigrants were subhuman and were responsible for bringing all kinds of diseases into Greece. As if that wasn't bad enough in itself, this same woman has been appointed to the Council of Europe's Committee on Equality and Non-Discrimination. What's next? Robert Mugabe on the board of Amnesty International? Perhaps it's the committee's way of demonstrating just how egalitarian and non-discriminatory they really are. Oh yes, we are so egalitarian and non-discriminatory. We even have members who are neo-Nazi, racist, homophobic, holocaust deniers. Right, that's about it for this time. But just before I go, I want to quickly mention the new theme music I'm using for these podcasts. It's from a song called Irastapania, which means wind in the sails, and it's by a five-piece Greek band called Strovili. You can listen to two of their complete tracks by following the link on my website at www.rob-johnson.org.uk. While you're there, you can also catch up on any of the earlier podcasts you may have missed or subscribe free of charge to get notifications about future episodes. Okay, many thanks for listening, and until next time, cheers. Yasas, que nasta kalah.